Hello and welcome back to The Cult Standard, your movie podcast for all... We interrupt this program to bring you Courage the Cowardly Podcast, starring Mike and James, your cowardly hosts. Hello and welcome back to Courage the Cowardly Podcast, the only podcast where we review every episode of Courage the Cowardly Dog. Probably, wait, I should add another qualifier. The first and only <laughs> podcast. Oh. What? Um, well, yeah, we're so round. we're so fancy. And my name is James. And my name is is d- d- Fancy Mike, Fan- f- Deluxe Mike. We're super super premium and innovative and unique yeah i am i am jovial uh, james um um, meg is there there a synonym for happy that starts with an m magnanimous oh look at you with your fucking words check out check out fucking webster over here (laughs) oh my god what a dork yeah um the Courage Cowardly Podcast is a spinoff of the Cult Standard Podcast, a podcast where we review every no, where we review a different uh, cult movie that we've never seen before on each episode and decide by the end of the episode whether or not to join that cult. It's been really fun. We just did an episode on The Prowler. We're going to or have just done, depending on when I actually publish this, an episode on bats with uh, Chase Hutchinson, which is going to be fun because I haven't done it yet, but maybe I have when by the time has a press time. Um, you know what it occurs to me uh, that that movie based on the title it could always be a movie about Batman from the perspective of Joker and it's just his like pet name for Batman you know he always calls him Bats Bats (laughs) excuse me Bats (laughs) (laughs) right Um, all terrible Mark Hamill impressions aside we are reviewing episode four of Courage of Cowardly Dog season one Mm-hmm. which you might see as episodes 7 and 8, or you might see noted as 4A and 4B, because they originally aired as one episode, the fourth episode, in 10-minute segments, as Courage Cowardly Dog does. And the first episode is Demon in the Mattress. The second episode is a very, um, very naughty episode oh, called Freaked dude. Fred, <laughs> which, as I've mentioned, is one of the few episodes that I actually remember having seen of this show I, I i know i've seen a few and i was not the biggest fan of this show mike turns out huge fan lo- <laughs> loves the show forever so he was over the moon when i pitched him this idea and now here we are yeah uh so far i found that i did definitely uh i did definitely miss some of the darker implications oh, of man. certain episodes of curse the cowardly dog yeah we're right off the episode about hothead which is a thinly yep. veiled allegory for domestic abuse. <laughs> oh. Like razor. <laughs> yeah, no, it's you. Ha- you have to do some. You have to be. You have to be a an oblivious teenager or do some serious mental gymnastics to not uh, see that. Yeah, it's bad. Um, but you were about to say something. Was there more info info on it? Uh, uh, oh, oh, but similarly, it, it, it thin as a razor. But similarly, apparently thick enough. Where as a child, you can. Think that this is just a goofy episode about Eustace's head blowing up. Yeah, <laughs> that's oh. so funny. 
<laughs> Look at how Curry just has to has to save his save uh, his his surrogate mom Muriel from his, from the surrogate dad's hair trigger temper. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to read into there. <laughs> no greater meaning. Um, but the demon in the mattress is a a less subtle episode, and I'm all on board for it. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, this one's just. Fun, goofy episode with demons, the demons. taking possession, possession of people. And we're entering a, a new interesting era of courage being a little bit more on the nose with its movie references, which, yeah. uh, you know, I'm all about. Well, it was definitely on the nose, although somehow it didn't occur to me while watching it. Uh, the night at the cast motel. It's it's the yeah, yeah, motel, it's, guys. It's uh, psycho. Yeah. Psycho. Um, well, you know, it's. Yeah, it's the convention of the abandoned hotel, motel, whatever, at night. Yeah, I mean, um, cats is just was, a cat pun for baits, you know. Yeah. Um, also, I never realized the, the pun in the name Bates. Oh, he's kind for of cats? He, no, oh. he kind of, like he's baiting people. Oh. Hmm. With a we seemingly... Hot psycho seem- takes here. I'm just saying. It's pretty... It, it, I, think it's, I think it's there. I think it's intended. I love it. Um, but the demon in the mattress is uh, finds its origins in a uh, in another staple of horror cinema. Obviously, I am talking about Night of the Living Dead. No, uh, I'm talking about The Exorcist. Um, yes. Yeah, so what happens in the demon in the mattress is that uh, Muriel is sick and tired of sleeping on their mattress. Which, oh my God, the depiction of that mattress with like several springs, horrible. Like, poking out like it, it, like long dangerous she, dangerous even yeah not just uncomfy but uh yeah she uh, demands that uh use this order a new one and then he's reading in the newspaper and he says mattress sale it's special <laughs> as we all know Eustace is a cheapskate and will never actually spend decent money on a on a on a suitable mattress <laughs> we really don't like eustace on this show i hate eustace for good reason so much. for good reason i will defend to the death my uh i, my I don't want him to desire to murder eustace <laughs> i don't want him to go away because i think he, he serves an important role in the show but he is a bastard he is a yeah. he I, i'm sorry not not to you know what i mean all, all Eustaces are bastards. Are, are, are you? Are you, are, are, you about to, are you about to be uh, afraid that you're offending chil- children of unmarried parents? Yes. Oh. Yes, I am. I mean, I don't. I'm not the. I'm not the emperor of bastard children or whatever. But I don't care. I wasn't <laughs> seeking forgiveness only from you, James. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I care was. At all. <laughs> I. Oh, I know that. I just in case anyone did, I, I didn't want to. No, it's fair. It's fair. Use I just, it in a derogatory way. Um, but I think we're. Yeah, he's I, a. I, I'd hope that we're in a work. different time. <laughs> we're in a better time where that. I, I do too. But you know, you know what though? Um, watching some, I was like watching some videos from like you know people I like on YouTube from it was a while ago, like mid 2010s, and they used they used the R word uh, a lot more liberally back then. Yeah. I know I did too. Actually, no, wait. This was the first time I noticed it. Um, was when Facebook was recommending a. Uh, like an old tweet or an old uh, post I made, but it was really old. It was like a decade ago. So I was like a senior in high school. And, uh, and I just, I just said the R word in a pretty, I really, uh, wow. Um, it was bad. I did not remember posting that. 
and uh wow things have changed yeah and uh <laughs> i would never post that now um well, I, I appreciate your sensitivity yeah. to uh, to the marital status of my parents, but uh, I'm fine. No, I, I <laughs> just no, no, no. I know you're fine. I just in general, the idea that you know things that I kind of say or that that you know people say offhandedly now mm-hmm. could have, you know, come off very differently. I, I, I try not to do anything without thinking about how other people could experience it and if it would harm them i, I try to be sensitive to that so you're good you're a good person <laughs> mike Ladd. that's all that's all yeah. much better than eustace <laughs> oh my god fuck that guy yeah so eustace, yeah if i offend eustace i don't care so you eustace uh gets finds his mattress sale and then uh buys the mattress from this uh, well, are they bugs are they uh, you know there's a bug in there i thought they were like rats I feel like there yeah. was. I feel like it was a bug and a rat duo. Hold on, I. So, well, they're very weird, actually, because one of them's got like a rattle, like a almost like a. Yeah, snake. that's. Yeah, I don't know. They're they're terrifying looking creatures. It's honestly maybe like objectively the most hor- like horrific <laughs> creations of the show, even though they're not like put in that con. They're just kind of they're they're in and out. But I just the, I feel like the character designers put more effort into them than their role in the story really necessitated <laughs> i believe it no no small parts right no small parts only small drawings um, um. so at the mattress uh, you immediately can tell there's something off about it one the people selling it as courage finds out when he picks up the other line is they're, they're incredibly menacing <laughs> would you like a mattress oh they hiss change at him. your life <laughs> You, if we don't take, you don't pay with, you don't pay here, <laughs> not with money. Okay. <laughs> I recognize that Rick and Morty one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and then they're they're saying she's like our addresses. He's like, oh, we already know. <laughs> that's that's creepy. And the mattress when it arrives, it it is is glowing green, <laughs> like radioactive. Oh, it is looking. emitting green. It is emitting emitting green wisps of spiritual who's a what's it who's yeah spiritual who's a what's it um, and then um muriel muriel ex- she experiences what i can only describe as a as a two-minute exorcist a two-minute possession the two-minute possession yes yeah, sorry uh I, I just refer, like the, basically what happens to reagan in the exorcist happens to her but in about two minutes i, I forgot that that was the name of the character i was like what do you mean why the girl you... the, the girl in the no exorcist i know I, I forgot that for a moment i'm like why are you talking about ronald reagan right now <laughs> i never can i never pass up an opportunity to bring him up yeah um yeah, so she she just like immediately needs to sleep on this new mattress, which is understandable. And as you said, like pretty much immediately is possessed by a demon. Yes. Um, and it, 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 like like the the parts of the exorcist that happen at the end after she's like fully possessed, they happen to Miro right away. Like she gets her, she starts levitating, her head spins all the way around, and then falls off. Another like de- surprising and jarring decapitation. This she's got several now. Yeah. Just, my goodness, they're they're going there, man. Season one. I hope they don't lose it in the future. But uh, yeah, hey, uh, not afraid to not afraid to cut off heads. Encourage a cowardly dog. That should be their tagline. Like we'll cut off we'll edge. cut off heads. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> Decapitations are our specialty. Mustn't lose our heads. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then it's this weird moment where where uh, Eustace is fully cognizant of the uh, evil that is uh, 
acting as the antagonist of the of the episode. Usually, as I've seen thus far, both Eustace and Muriel are usually oblivious. Um, yeah, I, I choose to interpret Eustace's uh, involvement in saving Muriel as him not wanting to be upstaged as the biggest piece <laughs> of shit in the household. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, usually like Eustace is like in in Cat's Motel, he was a a a victim, but I think he was like mm-hmm. passed out the whole time. As I recall, um, is that am I wrong? Uh, he was kind of out of commission, I think. Uh, I kind of remember Courage being much more the active the active member of that episode, and Muriel yeah. even because the spider comes in through the bathroom and she seems perfect. Yeah, but I, I remember Eustace was like Eustace trapped in a web. Was out of, yeah, he, he was, was out of commission. Yeah. I think that was pretty much all he did. Yeah. Whereas this one, he's he's him and Courage have to work together. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, don't worry, he gets his comeuppance. Yeah, so I love this like Google machine man character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, yeah. He comes back because Google because he's like exorcist. <laughs> Good luck, kid. Oh yeah, at first he's like, oh my. <laughs> I save the color commentary, man. Just give me the exorcist instructions. <laughs> yep. And then and then courage presents what are effectively the magic. The, the magic incantation that Eustace must recite in order to save Muriel. And uh, I didn't realize actually until I rewatched it, but it's, it's stuck in my head. And I always remembered Hullabaloo and Howdy huh. Dusty Prawns and Timbuktu. Weird. Huh. I, I, that, I, I always remembered that. Wow. This is, this is, oh, I, I think, Just I think also because courage saying, I also think because them saying kick him in the dishpan, woo 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 made me, absolutely lose my shit when i was a kid so yeah so some things like that are definitely going to be funnier to the younger audience that this was intended for but what Mm -hmm. i what i do love about this what they're going for you know with these on the nose parodies is kind of like introducing these uh archetypal horror concepts to a younger audience in a way that is palatable and that they can understand because you know you create these horror children without scarring them who then grow up to be grow up to be you know horror adults and horror teenagers and that's great more horror movies i love it yeah uh it's interesting because you know you hear about a lot of movies that have had such a big cultural impact that you know they'll say that you've seen it even if you haven't seen it and uh you know that 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 applies to a lot of different movies it's always kind of interesting going back and seeing some of the pieces of media from your childhood that are the reason why you've seen some of these movies without actually seeing them because I, I like usually they just kind of come from vague places that you don't really remember um so it's kind of cool seeing one that i'm like oh yeah this definitely like this is probably the first time i ever saw like the green vomit from the exorcist or you know you know the levitation or the head spinning around you know i think i actually saw the exorcist before <laughs> this episode <laughs> well uh, I, had a, uh, I had a child. Okay. Well, <laughs> um, I, that sounds like an awesome child. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had I heard an example of someone saying that they their child was moving their hand back and forth and going ring 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 ring, and 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 uh, he was like, I know for a fact my child does not know that the movie Psycho exists. <laughs> uh Yep. So yeah, it's one I mean, of I things. think I. I I think Dexter's Lab was the first movie I saw that referenced that exact scene and did that music with the stabbing motion. Uh, it was with a plunger or a squeegee or something. Um, oh, really? Wow. Yeah, Dexter's Lab did it for me. That <sighs> was the first me. one that I saw. 
Um, and now we have this thing with the the exorcism because, as you said, it's the same thing that happens to Reagan. Her head spins around. She has the projectile vomit. You know, her yeah. Face changes color. It's just eerie green. And uh, it, I love what they were doing. And even the the brief flash that they did with Muriel, like, "Oh, courage, help!" I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> Can we? I love the idea of pitting courage against ostensibly Muriel. I right, just, I yeah. think that's like, because like the one truism about the show, other than that courage is in fact the cowardly dog, is that courage loves Muriel. And that the, 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 one of the hardest things for him to do would be to have to go up against Muriel. So this was kind of an, I, I like the, I like the exorcism references, but I also like it as a, a, a moment for the show to kind of, I think it fleshes courage out a bit more as a loyal dog and a good, a good pet. <laughs> he, he will do what is best for Muriel, even if that is going up against her corporeal body. Yeah. And in and, a, in a, in a violent thumb war. And he does because while, uh, Eustace is useless, um, <laughs> trying to, do the incantation that uh, courage is printed off. Um, courage steps up. He bury. He digs up a flowing gown, which is a requirement of the of the incantation yes. for some reason. I don't know why it was buried, but he digs it up, and then he goes in and does it himself in his little like dog language with And at first the uh, and at first the uh, demon laughs, and then realizes that the incantation is working, and the spirit is expelled into the air in the room and and then in comes your helpful Eustace yay you you fuck up Uh, (laughs) dragged finally at home with his fellow demons yeah because he comes in and trying to he's like I'm gonna save the day now even though the day's already saved and then he gets possessed I'm like at this point yep Eustace I hate you so much it is indescribable (laughs) like even when he's (laughs) Like even when he's not being horrible, he's being absolutely a waste of space, messing it up completely. Yeah, he's just messing, messing stuff up. Yeah, I. Uh, and and you know what? And he is uh, left in a very, uh, as you said, uncertain fate. <laughs> there, the eps- the the series is yep. kind of playing with the, as you said in the last episode, that like you killed Kenny type thing, where. <laughs> Where yeah, he, now we have two in a row. Yeah, two in a <laughs> row. Where the, the last time he exploded, and this time they trap him by rolling him up in the mattress and like chaining it up together. I love all the stuff that uh, you that courage just like pulls out from like behind his back. It like pulls out these big, thick industrial chains, and then like this huge lock. Just <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's pretty great. Um, and then they say, I, I "Oh, do we don't want the mattress. Return it." What's your theory? I want to hear it. You can go. You can finish. Oh no! I I, no no! I want I want the theory. Okay, my theory is that at this point we'll see how it pans out. But that Eustace, um, his his purpose right now in the story is to give a give the episode a potential casualty or a body count um, <laughs> to and have it applied to someone with whom the audience has no sympathy. Okay, so here's you know the okay you know the theory about Rick and Morty. That Rick, that, the same person. that Rick is a Morty, right? Yeah, Not Rick that they're the Morty, same person, yeah. but Rick is a Morty. What if Eustace is a chicken? Wow. So <laughs> in the pilot, like the pilot. In the pilot. 
when he turns into a chicken, he he's still a chicken. chicken. He's still, a chi- and he he never stopped being a chicken. So all these times that he dies, it's just the you know the chicken alien. You know he he has to be like reformed. And what is happening? That doesn't explain any of it. <laughs> I think it explains everything. It's the only okay. Who, who else can who else can escape death so uh, so frequently as ah. the, the alien chickens? <laughs> who who had the most game of the time was falling? Kyle. <laughs> No, and that, expl- and that explains uh, that explains why he's such an asshole too. Oh, I mean, yeah, chickens are dicks, so yeah, maybe. I think you all right. I bu- I'll bite. Yeah, I'll bite. But I think that also the writers are just like, okay, we need a big scary monster, and people aren't going to think he's scary unless he hurts or kills something. But we don't want him to hurt or kill Courage or Muriel. <laughs> I like them too much. Throw in fucking Eustace. Just throw it. I mean, look, and if you don't like Eustace, the next episode is really great because Eustace is hardly in it. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so good. Uh, he just leaves. He's like, I'm out of here. Does he have any words? Does he even have any words? He does because he's, you know, okay. he refers to Fred as a freak and says like, oh, he's not going to be in there. So this episode, the second the second part of episode four is Freaky Fred, which if you've seen Courage, I want to say if you've only seen one episode of Courage, Cowardly Dog, it's been this one. Yes. Um, and you'll recognize it by the our frequent use of the slowed down word. Naughty. <laughs> yeah, which delivered it, increasingly slowly and deep and creepily as the episode progresses. <laughs> what I actually didn't realize about the, about this episode, um, uh, I, especially not at the time, although I don't think I would have because... Um, it, it, this wasn't a thing at the time, but that Freaky Fred is a, a Sweeney Todd reference. And this was came out in 1999, you know, eight years before the 2007 Johnny Depp Sweeney Todd musical. So, Yeah, and uh, and, and just to plug it now, um, you know, I, I, I was exposed to it for the first time, like most people our age, with the Johnny Depp musical. But um, I cannot recommend the original recording with uh, Angela Lansbury, uh enough it's so good and i, I actually like it's kind of i can't really listen to the giant up one anymore because it's really? so much oh. the original is so much better see um, i um i'm aware that there was a different uh sweeney todd before the 2007 one but i i ha- knew nothing about it whatsoever yeah so imagine mrs potts like from beauty and the beast the the, yes. the kindly voice of angela lansbury but she bakes people into pies it's <laughs> great uh, it's really, really wonderful. I love Sweeney Todd. It's one of my favorite musicals, and it, and and particularly seeing it here, it like it completely throws the doors wide open to what this show can pull upon, you know, can reference and use as like some sort of source material and and springboard off of, which is so cool. And and again, yeah, we just talked about it with the Demon in the Mattress, like introducing these archetypes to a younger audience who haven't seen it before and then then when they come of age and start to see these other movies they're like oh wow this, so this is what that is and <laughs> then they can remember and recall to their therapists why <laughs> they can't sleep at night <laughs> that's great yeah no it's really important <laughs> yeah yeah because um, uh, mother mother of god freaky fred is certainly lives up to his name. Yeah, I mean he has the the weird it's it's funny because most of the other like villains they're they have some sort of like extremely caricatured element or they are, you know, anthropomorphized, you know, demonic and he's mostly just a dude, but the really creepy thing is his damn smile. <laughs> it is it's so much wider than his face. 
it, it extends beyond the width of his face. And, uh, and, and coupled with the thick, low-set eyebrows that eclipse half of his, his green, jaundiced eyes, uh, just, I mean, again, another pretty remarkable moment for, for the, this show's art direction and character design. Well, yeah, and just the idea that, like, yeah, they, he's, not, he's not sweet. He's not murdering people, right? Um, no, no. He's just shaving animals. And, and people and people <laughs> like it is he's most of this episode is uh freaky fred is locked with courage in a bathroom and well no courage is courage is trapped in there with freaky fred let's make no bones about you're it. locked in here with me <laughs> exactly um and it's just freaky fred recounting all the different times that he was Naughty. I also like once again. You look at imagery here, with like Fred sitting on the toilet, encouraged and being locked in there with him. His head and smiling. It is like, I mean, I I think what's most disturbing in this episode is is the. I mean, almost it's it's even more disturbing that he doesn't kill or murder or hurt anything. It's just like. He just makes you unsettled and uncomfortable. Everything about him is just such a, uh, just it just is for the sole purpose of making you squirm. And I hate it. But well, also, yeah. what a villain! Yeah, I think the the base fear that's going on here is is the the power dynamic, right? Because it's not you uh-huh. know it's the same thing that is present in a horror film when there's like you know, a murderer or someone who's going to kill you. It's they have all the power and you have none of it. Right. Uh, so Courage is in that bathroom. He's completely at Freaky Fred's mercy. And yeah, Freaky Fred just wants to shave him. Maybe, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but but I think that's also, I mean, I think Sweeney Top plays into that because that is also the situation you put yourself in as a human when you go to a barbershop. Sure, yeah, right. I, I, I hate getting my hair cut. <laughs> I'm sure you could have never guessed. <laughs> what? But... Uh, but um, honestly, part of it is like you are just completely powerless. I don't know. You like people are touching your head and they're holding sharp blades and you can't do anything <laughs> you sit there and make awkward conversation until they stop and then you go home. I hope if I make you laugh enough, you won't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> sharp scissors you got there. Um, yeah, this was. And, and, um, the, the episode is narrated entirely um, by by Freaky Fred. Um, I don't, it's in verse. It, it's also in verse. Yeah, I forgot about that. They rhymes. Um, like you know, each stanza has to rhyme. Uh, but it's like poetry. It rhymes. No, uh, it's sort of very freaky poetry in this case. And I I don't know. Do you know if there if there's ever another like narrated episode? Because that's part of not from that's part of the reason it was. I think this stands apart. That's part of the reason it was so jarring in the start because that hasn't happen in the we haven't got the inner monologue of the demon or of the villain um Mm -hmm. and so to start out as narrated by freaky fred and then continued throughout the episode was just a incredibly as a jarring uh way to start it and you're just it's you're unsettled the entire time yeah because it's i mean he really is the thanos of this episode where villain that he is he's still the protagonist of this episode (laughs) of the cowardly dog 
I believe, we are in his point of view. We get his origin story. We get his motivations and uh, view the story through his lens. Yeah. So Freaky Fred is uh, Muriel's nephew. It is said. And no, uh, Eust- I thought it was a cousin. Oh no, no, you're right. It is nephew. Yeah. It is. Nephew. And, and Eustace knows about him and doesn't like him. And that's why he just leaves immediately. And that is a plus for Freaky Fred. We want Freaky Fred in all our episodes. <laughs> yes, please get no, this but- horrible man out of here. You are right that refer- Eustace, referring to Eustace. You are right that Eustace is um he's is important to the show, but man. <laughs> but I hate him. I, yeah, I don't know. I want I'm interested to see how my feelings toward Eustace change in the in future episodes. But yeah, it, no, I mean it's directly correlated to how much how many times they murder Eustace on screen. It, the more they do it, the more okay I am with him being a part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, as I said, like if you've probably if you know you've seen one episode of Courage Cowardly Dog, or if you if you remember like Courage Cowardly Dog traumatizing you, I think Dollars to Donuts is the one that you think about because it's just that it's 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 sorry no 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 go ahead it's this or or uh, Return the Slab one of those two oh yeah you know what and I don't even know if I've seen Return the Slab but I've seen memes of Return the Slab so <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Um, which is it's scary for its own reason, and we'll we'll get to that in uh, I think it's the finale of season one. So uh, oh really, it's season one finale? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. I didn't even know if it was gonna be from this season. Be this se- this all. season? Yeah, it's there. I checked, so I'm nice. excited for that. Um, also, the very nice touch though that kind of confirms that uh, this is not you know because you could kind of interpret this as being uh, a dog's perspective of any new guest like a, 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 <laughs> coming to stay with them True. from the dog's perspective, you know. Um, but I do like the fact, the nice little detail that around Fred's wrist is in fact a number for that, that designates him as freaky barber. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Freaky barber. That was funny. Uh, that's, that's ultimately was able to save courage because he pulls out a cell phone. I love yep. courage. Just pulling out very, stuff. a very modern solution. Yeah. Right. <laughs> They're always like, Hey, they, they would be saved in horror movies if they had a cell phone and courage to carry dogs. Like, yeah. Yeah, they would. Let's do that. And then he calls this <laughs> number to <laughs> call if found, and they're mm-hmm. taken away, which is... But, uh, you know, true to it's, his it's only- terrifying nature, Freaky Fred is unfazed by his, his most recent setback. No, <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a bump in the road, and he, uh, he... Something tells me this isn't the last we'll be hearing from, from Freaky Fred. Mm. He smile, um, he's just smiling the whole time. <laughs> I also have to say it. Uh, it, it just occurs to me now how uh, how neat it is that you know there are so many technological uh, solutions in Courage the Cowardly Dog for a basically a rural family living literally in the middle of nowhere, and for a show that came out in the late '90s, early 2000s. Um, yeah, to, there's technology. There's phones and computers, and Courage is making use of all of them. They're with it, like, man. It's pretty cool. Do, you, do I, I wonder if uh, the create the Google machine was uh, the creator's Spike. interpretation of what they might th- of, of what they might have thought it would be like in like ten years? Honestly, I think there are some actual science fiction movies that have been less accurate than Courage the Cowardly Dog was <laughs> as, like as a joke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that I mean, is there? Is there anything we want to more say about Freaky Fred? It's terrifying. I I would rather spend less time with him. Um, I mean, iconic episode, but ironically, I do kind of feel 
a little bit at a loss for words because it's just i mean it is just like 10 minutes of unpleasantness yeah no i mean i that's a good good description because yeah it's definitely unpleasant but it's as and, and iconic but uh i don't know it's like something about it like i couldn't look away you know oh yeah and i just appreciate i just appreciate the ambition to uh you know tell it from his point of view tell it in verse and kind of sideline the rest of the characters for him um and also the ending note where he carves with uh, love fred oh. into courageous fur i think uh, we carved that into all of our souls <laughs> in indeed and truly we can never be rid of it with love fred it's the it's the it's the mark from which we can never be shorn it is uh it is the weight we must all bear it is freaky fred and this is Courage the Cowardly Podcast. Wow. Um, so you can find us, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, we are a uh, spinoff of the Cult Standard Podcast where we review a different cult movie that we've never seen before and decide whether or not to join. So you can find this show at cultstandardpod.com slash courage. You can also find us at Twitter at Cowardly Podcast. And... If you want to send us an email for this show, we don't have a separate email, so you just so cultstandardpod.com, but you can reach out to us on Twitter, as I mentioned. And please, 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 if you uh, like the show, leave us a review or a rating or subscribe to us at your podcast platform of choice. We are on all of them. We're on Apple Podcasts and Google Play and Spotify. So all of that is where you can find us. And as I said, if you if you love us, then show your love. Every day we drift farther from God's grace. <laughs> um, and what do we always say, Mike? <laughs> I long for death. <laughs> 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 <laughs>